Does everyone know what I mean by a quantum shift? It was a very popular term back in the um, 70s, 80s, so quantum shift, okay. Uh, I heard this illustration that kind of describes what it is to have a quantum shift. Um, and it goes like this. There's this battleship and it's coming into port. It's out at sea and it's heading for its harbour. Uh, it's a moonless night and the fog has rolled in and it's very thick. And the, and the signalman on watch sees a light straight ahead. And he says to the captain, there's a ship. We seem to be on a collision course with it. So the captain says, signal that ship and tell them to change 10 degrees to starboard. So the signalman, you know, does a little signal. And immediately the answer comes back and says, you shift your course 10 degrees to starboard. And the captain sort of tell him this is Captain Brown speaking. Shift your course 10 degrees to starboard. Comes back. This is Midshipman Finlay. Shift your course 10 degrees to starboard. Captain loses the plot. Tell him, I'm a battleship. Change your course 10 degrees to starboard. Back comes the response. I'm a lighthouse. Change your course 10 degrees to starboard. So a paradigm shift, the dictionary definition is basically a fundamental change in approach or a change in underlying assumptions. And over the last several decades, probably the last century, there's been lots of paradigm shifts in lots of things, education and finance and um, you know, um, how, how we do uh, uh, health, uh, entertainment, warfare, and one of the big shifts that's happened and is happening at a faster and faster rate is how um, Christian values used to be the foundation of Western nations. And that has shifted away. That's a very definite shift away from those kind of values. Um, even uh, on Friday night we were hearing how um, even the term being Christian now is not a happy term in many ways. So this illustration I just shared is a um, is it's kind of illustrates you know people know what is true and and because of that they set the course um, they're the captains of their ship and not realizing that the light up ahead that's flashing at them is actually warning them if they keep on their course it's inevitable calamity and as every good sailor knows the rocks don't move you have to move to avoid calamity. So the captain gets that message. The question is then, what does he do? That's the next call is up to him. And this is really um, a picture of salvation. The salvation message is um, we're trying to tell people your course, your current course is going to end badly. And it's not that we're trying to offer a better way. We're offering the only way. If you keep going, there's only one end. There's only one way. And, you know, becoming a Christian is about repentance. And repentance is a 180-degree turn from you're facing this direction, you face this direction. But often it's just the start of it is just, 
in this, you know, G- Jesus in, I think, um, uh, Matthew 7, he talked about choose the narrow gate. And it's like the road forks. You can go through the wide gate, looks very appealing. There's the narrow gate, doesn't look so appealing. But it's just a fork in the road. And who, who makes that decision? Like, you know, when you get saved, often when you get saved, it's just a shift. It's 10 degrees to starboard kind of shift. But the end result is salvation. Um, trying to get this thing to work. Yes. Okay, the world system, not just people in the world, but the world system is on its own collision course with, with, um, with destiny. Um, a preordained destiny, I might add, if you look in Revelation 18, it clearly outlines what is the end result of that. And the light that's flashing, that's the Christian message flashing madly at it. This is what you need to do. So, um, so what will the world do? What will the world do? You know, there's a whole pile of um, world movers, world shakers, you know, multi-billionaires out there um, who have discounted completely the Christian message. They're the captains of their battleships and they have set the course. And did you know that they've set the course for you? You know, guys like Xi Jinping, Putin, Kim Jong-un, Klaus Schwab, have you heard of him? Yuval Noah Harari, you've all heard of him. These guys are planning your future right now. And did you know that by, is it by 2030? 2030, their plan is that you'll own nothing and be happy. I think they mean it like, you'll own nothing and be happy. But what, the way we read it is, you'll own nothing and you will be happy. It says so in the rules. Now, the big problem with all these guys, one big problem that they seem to forget is that they make their plans as if they're going to live forever. I'm always amused at that. You know, these guys are setting themselves up. I think Putin is, rec- is reputed to be the richest man who's ever lived. I think I've shared that before. He's, he's only a breath away from a heart attack. And um, anyway, yeah, so they, they have this amazing idea that they're going to live forever. Um, it's kind of like the rocks are up ahead and they're busy rewriting the definition of rocks. You know? Or we're going to move the coastline. Anyway, the problem is, of course, everyone dies. And then you have to face the consequences of what happens after you die. The foolish person is the one who makes no plans based on reality. Okay. So going back to the illustration, when the captain gets that message, he only makes his decision based on whether he trusts that message or not. Does he think that's reliable? That's when they make his, he might go, ah, nah, Finlay's. Yeah. I'm the captain. Anyway. So when you're the person who's 
flashing the message constantly, the warning message, and no one takes any notice, what comes next? When it's a God who loves these people relentlessly and pursues them relentlessly, what, what's the next port of call if they don't listen to a, a reasonable, rational warning? Don't you feel like shaking them? Don't you feel like getting them going, that's rocks. <laughs> right. So the shaking. The shaking starts with the church. In, um, do we have a scripture up? Um, in 1 Peter 4, 17 to 18, it says, For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who obey not the gospel of God? If it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and sinner? Now, again, we heard an encouraging word on Friday about the judgment. God is not judging us with severity, but, he, but there is a sense of a shaking, a wake-up. There is a wake-up call happening across the church even now. Um, there is a shaking going on. And, and uh, there's a whole pile of scriptures in scripture. Um, uh, things like um, Haggai uh, chapter 2, verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says, In a little while I will once again shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and dry land. And in Isaiah 13, 13, Therefore I will make the heavens tremble and the earth shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. And in Matthew 24, it talks a lot about the end times and in verse 29 it says, Immediately after the, the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now, these scriptures are all basically referring to the very final days. Um, but there is a sense where the shaking starts off tremors and it builds and it's building to that time. And we are living in the days right now when we are... The, it's the shaking that um, means uh, if you're listening, if you're tuned in, wake up and, and look at what's going on around you. Uh, not just all the, um, the things that are happening like storms and, and things. If you just look at the last few months around the world, the extreme weather stuff that's gone on, these are all part of the wake up. Um, the warning to change course. Um, so, um, now of course, the world, the world is very busy with its um, rewriting what's going on. So, of course, they don't want to see it as being a warning of calamity coming. They see it as if there is calamity coming, it's we've created this ourselves, therefore we can fix it. So it's climate change or global warming or whatever. And, and uh, so that's why it's led them to this place where it's going to be the Great Reset, which is what they have planned for everyone. Okay, um, this is where I really want to get to here. Um, the warning um, to the church where God is, is um, stirring us up and, and what's, what's happening now in the, this shift that we've, we've been talking about. Um, uh, so you know that Matthew 24 talks all about end times and then when, when you get to the end of Matthew 24 and start into Matthew 25... The very first thing he talks about is a parable about the wise and foolish virgins. 
So it's a direct flow on in that conversation. And so now he's talking about the church. And um, so very briefly about that thing, he says five are wise and five are foolish. But the wise ones were wise because they had um, collected extra oil. They had their oil plus extra oil. And the ones that were foolish didn't bother with the extra oil. And they all slept and then they all had a wake-up call. They all heard the call and they all got up and responded. But the ones who didn't have any extra oil were then struggling and they said, well, go off and buy it from somewhere. Remember, this is just an illustration. It's not, it's not an event that actually happened. Jesus is just talking about this. So the need is extra oil. So that's the need. So God has also supplied the extra oil. And we are living in the days of the extra oil. So the pointy end of this message is this, Joel chapter 2. Probably most of you know this scripture. You could almost quote it off by heart. It's such a well-known scripture. It says here, and I was reading this the other day, and this is what really stirred this message. Uh, and, and after it, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So a number of things I just want to bring out of this. First, did you... Talking to the believers, does it, you see that it says wonders? I'll show wonders in the, in the heavens. For the world, it's calamities, but for the believers, it's wonders. And I know that this is probably just playing with words here a little bit, but what I just want to point out that there is a difference to how we interpret this or how we receive this to what the world does. Um, now, this scripture is principally talking to Israel in the very last days of the great tribulation but there's an overarching application to us and this is the interesting thing it's for everybody so the spirit of the Lord being poured out is actually across the whole world everyone is the recipient of the pouring out of God's spirit at this time and then he says your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Now, this is not limited to men, old men and young men. It's for everybody. And you, you see how it actually covers everybody. He, here's, here's the point, though. If this is the last great outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the church for such a time as this, wouldn't it be raising people from the dead? You know, I have poured out my spirit upon you so that you will raise people from the dead and you'll heal the sick, you'll speak a word and bang. But it doesn't say that. It says you will prophesy and you will see visions and you'll dream dreams. And it's kind of like, ah, really rather go for the raising the dead. Thanks, Lord, you know. Um, and if this is the most heightened days of all, if... If we are really in the last days, surely these are the most heightened days that we could possibly live in. And the Lord says, the great last anointing is going to be for prophecy and visions and dreams. 
So he must think that's far more important than anything else. All right. So just a bit of a background. You know, almost half of the Old Testament is prophecy, if you look at it. Um, And most of the Old Testament revealing to the prophets about how the, the, uh, the end times are going to unfold was through dreams. And the, the book of Revelation is almost all a vision. So this is a common way for the Lord to communicate with us. Prophecy, visions and dreams. And Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 14, says, you can all prophesy. That all may learn and all may be encouraged. And in verse 39 says, Therefore, brethren, earnestly desire to prophesy. Again, perhaps one of the most critical scriptures in the whole Bible would be Revelation 19.10, where it says, The angel said to John, It's the testimony of Jesus that's the spirit of prophecy. It's like the very heart of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And then Jesus, uh, is actually Jesus himself, he said, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed are they who keep the words of the prophecy of this book. There's something about the prophecy that's critical. And when you think about uh, the whole scripture, you know, the, the whole Bible could be classed as prophecy. Because it really all points to Jesus you know, in the end. But, and it all came out of a prophetic download at some point. So every word. So Jesus is kind of saying, blessed are those who keep the words of the prophecy in their heart. There's something significant about prophecy. Um, so these, because these are really heightened days, there is an expectation from God that we will really be tuned in, that we will hear that we will know and that we will understand what God is doing. Perhaps more than any other time in history, this is probably the the greatest time. The fact that you're alive today means that you have been handpicked for this time. It doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're almost at the point of your life has come to an end or whether you're just starting. It's the same, the same anointing. And you know, um, this is so critical that in Revelation... Uh, uh, John uh, first was given um, a message to seven churches. Each message was different, but it was a, but but that message was the last. It's the last directly given word of Jesus to us as a church. And each letter ends the same way. It says, "If you have an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying." This is really important that we tune in. Yes, we have to know scripture, absolutely. Um, but it's so critical that we hear what God is saying. Now, the, the testimony of Jesus, um, just as a reminder, this is the biblical account of Jesus, not just something that we want to dream up. There's a lot of people out there and putting stuff up online that have a very weird view of who Jesus is. Um, it's not that Jesus. We need to go back to the scripture. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. Um, I've got a little line here. It says, you know, you are the mouthpieces of God. You are that flashing warning light to 
all those battleships that are coming into port. You are the one. You are the expression and the revelation of the love of God to this world. And the world system has no appetite for it. But in that world, it's filled with people who desperately do. Let's remember that. Um, There's a couple other things here. I believe that right now, under this this anointing that God is pouring out, some of you are going to have a shaking aspect to your ministry. There's something about it that will shift things. You know, not everyone is called to the same um, expression of ministry. Some are very gentle and quiet and you wouldn't even see them. And others are more upfront. It doesn't really matter how the, the call you know, comes out. It only matters that you're obedient to it and you do it. Um, now, there's, there's this thing. Um, in Daniel chapter 12, the angel is speaking to Daniel and he says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. This scripture is often used in reference to last days because these are the days when many run to and fro, and knowledge has increased. But these also, therefore, are the days where that which was once sealed up is now being released. Therefore, I believe under, under the, this anointing of Joel is that there is going to come revelation and wisdom and understanding of scripture that is beyond your own mental ability you know you're going to be reading scripture and all of a sudden you're going to go oh my gosh I have never seen that before in my life I never would have connected that scripture with that but as I was reading all of a sudden I thought of that scripture and I saw a connection and there's a definite um, there's going to be an impartation of that the reason for it is this, as you go about your daily life and walking out there and mixing with the world, remember that you are the flashing lighthouse warning that everyone's course, if they are not born again, their course is set to disaster. There's no option. There's no, you know, look, if you choose this way, it's going to be better. You know, the Christian message is not really one of where we want you to have a better lifestyle. We want you to be successful or, you know, all those things come, you know, to many. But that's not the Christian message. The message is you're heading for the rocks, do a change and you'll miss the rocks. This is the only change. You can't have an alternate. So in the, you're talking about, where everything is heightened in the last days, the world is going to, in fact, they're even now heading into heightened fear, uncertainty, calamity. We are heading into fearlessness. That's what is upon the church today. There's a great, great anointing for this. Um, And in that... That, shake, that um, anointing thing, 
there is a shaking off. I, I, I really feel there's a, there's a lot of people who are feeling like they're shaking off, not just complacency, but shaking off stuff that no longer applies. You know, I used to do this. This used to be me, but I have no place for it now. It's, it's, uh, it's now gone. It's often, um, I know I've said this before, but you know when you go, girls, when you go from being girlfriend to fiancé, you know, when the guys pop the question, or perhaps you pop the question, anyway, you've gone from girlfriend to fiancé, everything shifts. All of a sudden, the world is a different place. And now there were friendships from the past that now no longer apply. They're not good for this new relationship. And there's certain things that you have to do. And, you know, you start to prepare. Blokes generally don't. They just bumble along and then all of a sudden someone's saying, do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but for the girls, there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. And it's a type of the bride, you know, the, <laughs> as the bride, as a bride, we are making changes to our life. And it's like there's a, a sense of urgency about it that wasn't there before. Now you could probably argue that it was there and we just didn't take any notice of it. But it's certainly there now. And it really behoves us to um, uh, wait and really hear what the Lord is saying to us. Um, now, this, my last two scriptures is, um, as an example of this, Jesus, again, talking about the last days, he says in Matthew 10, when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. I really take great encouragement from this that, you know, I was talking with, um, with, with you on Friday night, was it? Um, about, I'm not great at remembering scripture. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, that was you. I'm not a, I'm not a great, no, it was you. I'm not, see that? That's a perfect example. What was your name again? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't memorize scripture greatly. I can remember the context, but ask me to quote a lot of scripture and I'm a bit floundering. But there's a, the, the anointing for this day is one where you won't have to worry too much about that. He will give you what to speak. You know, Haley, uh, when you're on the streets, you don't have to worry too much about pre-rehearsed stuff. It will be given to you what to say. My final encouragement here. In 1 Peter chapter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... You should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen.
Okay. Even right now, there are stirrings in people's, we heard on Friday night, in your gut, in your bowel. There's stirrings in your bowel. Some of you will know what that is, and others will be going, I don't know what's going on. I just feel stirred up. This is not a mental thing. This is something that God is doing in your spirit. And it's a, it's a part of the shift. And again, it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, you know, old men dream dreams, young men see visions. Um, but there is, there is something very precious about this time. And it's for us to, so that we're not in that five foolish virgins, God has provided this so that we'll have that extra oil. We're not, we haven't asked for it. He's, he, he's providing it for this day. So there's a, there's a stirring. Some of you are going to be shakers. Some of you are going to cause disruption. Some of you are going to... Some of you are going to... Operate in ways that you haven't before. There's a very um, precious thing about this time. I can't emphasize this enough. Um, so... The last word is, if you, if you believe that God has given you something to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all, you don't have to go, you know, I feel, let's say, I feel like that you have a word to bring to the church. And you sit in your seat and you go, oh, is it, I don't know, what will people think of me, you know, is it the right time, is it wrong time? I just want to tell you, from this church, from the leadership of this church, if you feel you have a word, you bring it. The worst thing that can happen is that it's out of time. And who cares? If, if that's the worst thing, please just bring it. You know, the timing stuff is something that you kind of learn. But the far better thing is that if you feel that you have some expression of ministry in some way, you do that. You do, don't... don't Excuse yourself. Don't say, oh, look, no one knows me or, you know, blah, 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 excuses. Please do what you know is God's call on you to do. And it doesn't have to be in here. This is, this is the least of it. It's where you are, in your workplaces, um, out on the street, in your homes. All right. Perhaps we should just stand and I'd just like to pray a, uh, an overall prayer. Um, if, though if you feel that there is definitely something stirring in your spirit um, I invite you to come out for prayer um, we'll have a few people who can pray um, but if you, if you really feel that there is something that's stirring up that, that you want just to have confirmed or want someone else to pray into that then now, now's a good time okay Father we just speak over this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for your hand upon them. Thank you for that Joel outpouring.